What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 235. And as the world turned, I let my blunt burn. No, I'm just talking. I've been bumping that uh, young buck straight out of Cashville. Do it like me. That record's fucking fire. Uh, bump, I don't know why I've been bumping a lot of young buck records. Uh, I think probably because of the story of the Rico Reckless that's recently happened. And then just kind of going over uh, G-Unit stories just in general because uh, I'm working on a documentary relating to something relating to Beg for Mercy. It's not like specifically Beg for Mercy. Uh, I wanted to do one for Beg for Mercy, but, uh, you know, one, financially, like I said, give it to die trying, documentary, got to recoup from that. And then on top of that, just getting um, G-Unit together as like a, a group is going to be pretty hard. So I talked about that on like the previous podcast episodes, but yeah, that Do It Like Me record is just fire, man. As the world turn, I let my blunt burn. Police writing down my tags like I'm concerned. Like it just... That should be that should have been the intro on the album. If I ever talk to Buck, I'm gonna tell him that should have been the intro on the album. It's fire. Um already there's a lot of bullshit in the news, and Suge Knight is already on this podcast just spewing a bunch of things. Uh he's allegedly accusing Akon of um doing something to a thirteen year old girl, which is you guys know, uh some sexual activity, whatever. Uh just saying that he likes uh what's his name? saying that he likes this rapper and be a young boy. Yes. Yeah, acting like NBA young boys unknown, but I forget what name it was, but yeah, he says he loves NBA young boy. And then talking about Snoop Dogg and all this already causing controversy and just saying random things on the podcast to get, uh, to get clicks and plays. And, uh, he's hoping, you know, in prison, he can get some type of money coming in for his, maybe himself and his family. So, uh, he's going to tell all kinds of stories that are, you know, wild and crazy. I don't know the truth to them or anything like that. No idea, but he's already claiming things that people have done to people. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm going to keep you guys updated on a lot of different stuff today. Um, takeoff. So of course, as you guys know, back in, um, I believe November, 2022 or October, 2022 last year was the last year that takeoff got killed. Uh, or was it 2021? I might I might be tripping because damn time flies. Uh, yeah, it was last year. So November 1st, 2022, Halloween. Uh, it's about to be a year since uh, his passing in about a couple of days. And it turns out that Takeoff's alleged killer uh, believes, his lawyer believes that it's a valid self-defense claim. So the whole Takeoff situation was weird. You know, uh, Quavo rolling dice, playing with people, getting to argument. And then gunshots pop off, and there still hasn't been, like, like, I'm surprised there still hasn't been, like, surveillance videos or, like, more angles released on the shooting. At least that I'm aware of. There might have been, but I just, I haven't noticed them or seen them. I've seen video clips of people, um, and then, you know, obviously take off laying in his own uh, blood, which is something that's very sad, uh, and stuff like that. But I haven't seen, like, actual footage of somebody shooting or, you know, or it's just, I've seen people pull out, I think I saw video footage of somebody pulling out a gun. Um, but his lawyer, you know, he takeoff's alleged killer is, you know, going to court and his lawyer is going to use the self-defense claim. And you might have a point. So let's go over the article. Takeoff's alleged killer is maintaining his innocence in the murder trial stemming from the rapper's fatal shooting last year uh, with his legal team insisting that he was as much at risk as the late Migos star. On Thursday, October 26th, Patrick Xavier Clark appeared in court to dispute the notion that he is responsible for takeoff's death. 
was arrested in December 2022 based on a reconstruction of the incident per video and ballistics evidence. But his lawyers are telling a different story. He maintains his innocence. Defense uh, attorney Latita Quinez Hollins told Rolling Stone about the tragedy in Houston. We do believe that he has a valid self-defense claim. I don't think they can say with any degree of certainty that it was Patrick who actually fired the shot that took takeoff's life. Uh, she added, there was someone else who started the shooting. It was not Patrick Clark. He was in the same position that takeoff was in. He was trying to get out of there alive as well. He didn't have anything to do with the argument that occurred. He just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when people started firing weapons. Uh, with Clark's next court date scheduled for early next year, uh, Quinoa's Hollins believes that the trial will most likely begin in the second half of 2024. In late May, the Harris County District Attorney's Office in Texas revealed that the 34-year-old was indicted on murder charges by a grand jury. Uh, the defendant was originally released on $1 million bond at the start of the year following his arrest. As part of his bond agreement, he was made to wear an ankle monitor and remain at his parents' home in Houston and was also ordered to avoid contact with Takeoff's family. Clark's, Clark's bond was originally set at $2 million before his legal team successfully negotiated to reduce it by half, claiming the figure was un, unconstitutional because it was because he was unable to afford it. His attorneys requested a further reduction to 300000 but their motion was denied. Judge Josh Hill ruled that the previous statements made by the defendant in jail phone call indicated that he could pay a $1 million bail. Uh, police previously announced that the deadly shootout occurred after a lucrative dice game outside the 810 Billards in Bowling, Houston, which turned violent. The Southern rappers believed to have been an incident bystander when things turned sour. Takeoff was only 28 years old at the time. Damn. Yeah, I'm 28 now. I turned 28 uh, April this year. So uh, very young, man. Uh, it's still it's still a weird, like, uh, I don't ever forget when I woke up that morning. I was just like, because it happened overnight. And I woke up that morning, and uh, at the time I had uh, somebody running the Instagram page uh, for me, which now I'm running it, but I'm trying to find somebody. Social media. So if anybody's listened to this and wants to get involved in social media, knows about social media, and wants to run the Diverse Mentality Instagram page, let me know. Message me uh, if you're interested in that. If you uh, you know know hip-hop, uh, want to get involved in that, uh, it will not – there will be no pay for – you know, till I see how you do things. Cause I actually had somebody, but I recently had to get rid of him because it just didn't work out. Uh, you know, I don't want to have to hold your hand on every single time you're posting something, you know, I want you to kind of understand what, but anyways, that's a whole different story. So yeah, if you're looking to get into that, just message me. But at the time I had somebody running it that came with me at the get rich, you know, documentary and eventually ended up firing him, but he, he was running the page. And then I'll never forget that morning. He like messaged me. He's like, dude, check the Diverse Mentality Instagram. So I'm like, I'm thinking it's something crazy, like, you know, 50 followed and commented or something crazy happened, you know? I go and boom, takeoff's dead at like age 28. I'm like, whoa, like that's the last thing I expected. Like Migos, a member of Amigos, that young? It's crazy. So, um, yeah, it's it's just an unfortunate, you know, set of events. But, uh, you know, they might have a, a case for self-defense, man, because things were getting aggressive, uh, Guns were being pulled out, I think, from both sides. I could be wrong on that. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to you know, look into that a lot more. And when the trial starts to go and all that happens, there's going to be lots of new evidence, lots of new witnesses and stuff that happens. So could be a self-defense case, man. Um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, because it's such a tight 
uh, area that it happened. Like, if you look at the video footage, like, there's a lot of people crowded. So, a lot of people could have pulled out guns. A lot of people could have got aggressive quick. So, pulling out a gun and shooting in a tight area like that with a lot of different temperaments, a lot of people mad, you know, uh, can make a case that, hey, man, it wasn't, I mean, it seems like it was an accident for the most part. Like, take off, like they're saying in here, he wasn't, he wasn't the one mad in the video. He wasn't the one being aggressive. Just somebody, you know, got too scared and decided to pull out a gun and shoot. And that's the thing about gun ownership is that if you are going to own a gun in America, make sure, you know, you're not someone that loses your temper quick. Uh, you're not somebody that that resorts to gun violence immediately if something goes wrong. The gun should be the last thing that you pull out. I'm talking like last, like, like I saw a video of a guy getting jumped by two people. Um, you know, if you're getting jumped, your life's like, in, like at that point, you know, you have to pull out a gun and just shoot. At that point, your life is more important than somebody else's. Uh, self-preservation, you know, uh, has a huge, huge role in that. But uh, don't, you know, if, if you're somebody who has a short temper, um, you should not be owning a gun. That's the last person. Somebody who gets in their emotions quick and reacts, ah, getting mad about some stupid shit, you should not own a gun. Uh, those type of people that have guns, you need to stay the fuck away from. Uh, I think I've told you guys a story before on the podcast where we're at a gas station. Uh, my brother's just taking pictures of our cars, not blocking anybody. Some guy randomly comes in, yells at my brother, yells at me, and then or says he says some shit like, uh, you guys have nice cars, but I got a nicer gat. Like, talking about I got a nicer gun, I'll, I'll shoot you guys. For what? We didn't do nothing. That's, the per- that's an example of somebody whose life is going to shit. They don't like where their life's at, so they're mad at everything, and they'll they'll claw at any any anything that they can to to you know get mad and use their gun. So uh, stay away from those type of people, man. If you have a friend that is a gun owner, and you know they got a temper, uh, I would advise them, you know, tell them as a friend that yo, man, uh, last thing you should be doing is owning a gun because you're probably going to use this shit at the wrong time. Uh, and somebody who's not a man in their emotions, who acts like a like a little girl. Uh, that's the last person should be owning a gun too. You know, if you can't control your emotions, especially if something goes crazy or tensions get high, like in this takeoff incident, you should not be pulling out a gun. You should not be owning a gun, period. Um, but, uh, you know, you could take all these tests that you want, get approved for, you know, having a gun license, and then uh, just lose your mind one day and just snap and kill everybody. So I don't know. I don't. The human brain is very complex. Um you know, there's moments where somebody can be sane and the next moments they can be perfectly fine. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, it's a very tricky situation. So if you're going to own a gun, just make sure that, uh, you know, you're a very mature person to do it. You know, and if you're going to be around somebody that owns a gun, make sure they're a mature person. Um, person, person. Um, yeah. You know, me, I, I've toyed around with guns here and there. I am going to own one pretty soon here. Uh, but I don't have a temper. I don't, you know, I really think things through before. Like, like I said, I'd have to get jumped and damn near, you know, fear like for my life completely in order to like shoot somebody. I just cannot have it in me just to start shooting somebody just because somebody disrespected me or something like that. Uh, like I said, that guy disrespected us. If I had a temper, if I had a, you know, uh, a reaction to him, who knows where it would have gone. Probably would have shot at us, killed us over nothing, literally nothing, nothing serious. Uh, so, yeah, very tricky situation. We'll see how this how this goes, though. 
Uh, very sad situation overall, man. 28 years old, and Migos is no longer ever Migos again. Um, and they did, you know, I think, uh, what's his name, man? Quavo take off and Offset. Uh, Offset did an interview in Breakfast Club. And, you know, I think Charlamagne, maybe DJ Envy, asked about, um, you know, what, you know, is there possibly a Migos album that can come out in the future? And uh, Offset was just like, you know, uh, I don't want to talk about that right now. I don't know. Like, he does, it's still a sensitive topic for him. And, you know, I don't think they're ever, maybe there is music, obviously. They probably recorded records that they didn't use, but, you know, will it be the same? No, obviously, you know, the person's gone. Uh, maybe AI can be introduced in this situation. Maybe Quavo and Offset can write how take off what have written things because they've been around him, they've lived with him. I, I personally wouldn't mind that. I honestly wouldn't mind AI being used in a Miko's group situation for takeoff. I would not mind that as long as it's approved by, you know, Quavo and takeoff. And, you know, not Quavo, I mean, Qua- not Quavo and Takeoff, Quavo, Quavo and Offset, as long as it's approved by them two and Takeoff's family's okay with it, I honestly wouldn't mind that. That's one of those situations where AI, I would be fine with AI artists coming in because we'd still get Migos, but just it wouldn't be like officially, you know, what it, you know, what it was. But yeah, we'll keep our eye on this and see. Uh, court, court case is starting next year, so it's going to be a little while before we hear anything about this. Gunplay finds himself in another situation where he is locked up, unfortunately. So let's go over the article. Gunplay has been jailed until his next court date after it was revealed he allegedly violated a restraining order put in place by his estranged wife, Von Shea Taylor Morales. According to booking documents and dockets uh, obtained by Hip Hop DX, the ex-MMG rapper was put back in jail after his ankle monitor. After the ankle monitor he was wearing reportedly pinged in an area close to his ex. Police stepped in immediately and arrested Gunplay while the prosecution filed a motion to revoke his bond as a result of the alleged violation. The rapper is currently being held in Miami-Dade County Jail where he will remain until the hearing date, which is set for November 7th. Uh, very sad situation, man. This, like, I thought this guy got his shit back together. Uh, earlier this month, yeah, judge made a ruling. Gunplay had lost his custody of newborn daughter. Then this all started over an argument about an Xbox, like making too much noise at an Xbox. Um, you know, had he responded in a more positive way, none of this, like, it's just drug addiction, all that stuff. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on this, I guess, in November 7th and see if he has a hearing, uh, you know, coming up or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, Jay-Z, Jay-Z has finally done a new interview because he never does interviews. He's turned into like Drake and Weekend and all these artists who think they're too good to do interviews and they're, oh, they're so great. Um, even Eminem, Eminem falls into that. Ooh, I'm Eminem. I don't care. I don't have to do interviews. I'm Eminem. Yeah, I'm Eminem. Anyways, uh, sorry. Uh, just, you know, I, I hate that these big artists that just don't like, like, I would love to hear more from these people. Uh, but I get it. You know, they're they're billionaires, multimillionaires. They could care less about talking to the fans that made them rich. I'm just joking. Uh, Jay-Z, so he did, he did an interview with Gail King on CBS's uh, morning show. And, uh, you know, he it was a pretty good interview. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, he, he took, he, in Brooklyn, he took the tour of his, like, museum that he has for the hip-hop 50-year anniversary, uh, talked about his career, like his albums, like pivotal moments in his career. Uh, is he going to release new music? Uh, you know, just family life, stuff like that. So Gail asked him, you know, about new music, and he said, I'm going to release new music under one condition. And I agree with this wholeheartedly. So he hasn't released a solo 
new albums since I started doing YouTube, which is, you know, in 2017. That's when I started my YouTube channel. So that's the last time Jay-Z actually released now, which is wild. Uh, so let's play the clip for you guys so you guys can hear what Jay-Z has to say. When you sit here, you know, the one question everybody has is, is there a part of you that thinks it's time for me to get back in the studio or you're in no rush to do that? Or are you waiting till the time is right for you? Yeah, I, I think... Because we can't use the word uh, retirement for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I already did that. I can't do that yeah. ever again. I would say I want to make music, but it has to be something important. I don't want to just make a bunch of tunes. Mm -hmm. That's not going to serve me. It's not gonna, it, won't, it won't feed me, first of all. What does feed you? What feeds you? I have to be saying something important. It has to mean something. You know, it has to mean something to a, the larger, a larger society. Like 444, for example, was a personal story. Yeah. But the, yeah. the amount of vulnerability in there allowed for a lot of yeah. people to explore the space. I agree. I mean, at this stage in Jay-Z's career, Nas's career, M's, Kanye's, 50s, whoever, like these type of artists in their later stages of their careers. I think they shouldn't be releasing music unless like it, it means something or they need to say something. I think just releasing music just to release it. They're already already rich as fuck. They don't need to do that. Like whatever they make off the album is nothing compared to what they make off everything else that they're doing in their lives. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I agree, man. And I think, I think, Jay-Z is probably going to gear up to drop like next year. I have a feeling Jay-Z is going to, you know, he's going to toy with it. He's going to play around with it. I mean, they did this interview in a studio, so that doesn't hit something that it should hit, you know, that he's working on something. Uh, Jay-Z's always been the type to uh, grow his hair out until, you know, he drops a new album, then he cuts it back. So, um, you know, he talked about his hair in this interview, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, he said he wants to cut it pretty soon here. So that's another sign. Usually when Jay-Z cuts his hair, it's like, okay, he's working on a new album. But that's usually the sign that a lot of people notice. Um, but he also talked to Gail King about something that a lot of artists have copied Jay-Z or have, like, you know, followed the blueprint. It's Jay-Z, then Lil Wayne. And that's not writing down lyrics. Uh, Wayne said he got it from Jay-Z. He heard Jay-Z doesn't write down his lyrics, so he's just starting to... Uh, he did the same thing. He started doing the same thing. And, you know, I disagree with this method. I think it's a very, very, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, it doesn't make sense not to write down lyrics. Like, what's what's the negative from it? Like, there's no negative that comes from it. Uh, it's actually better to take your time and write down. You can probably come up with way more better music. And I think even Lil Wayne, you know, would probably come up with better music. Jay-Z would probably come up with better music. I mean, I don't understand why keeping it in your mind. Like, what it... That's not a superpower, you know, it's like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, oh, wow, I don't write. I can do a whole, you know, song and I have to write anything. Cool. But what's wrong with writing? I don't see any issue with that. I think, you know, rappers that are following that, especially these new ones, you know, like Jay-Z's so talented that he could do that and he still comes out with great music. Same with Lil Wayne. But a lot of these new guys are doing that and they're coming out with ass cheeks music, two pack of ass music, um, just music that's not good at all because they think they're Jay-Z and Lil Wayne. Uh, that's a rare breed. So, they can do that and still make great music, but a lot of these new artists doing that, they're not. So Jay-Z addresses that, and he actually says, listen, I lost a lot of great songs doing that. So he's, like, downplaying it. Like, it's not this great thing that everybody wants to do all of a sudden. So let me play the clip for you guys. I'm fascinated by your process of not writing, normally not writing things down. How are you able to have that in your head? How do you keep track of all of that, I guess yeah. is what I want to know. I've lost a lot writing. of songs that way. 
I've lost a Fun. lot of material, but it just came. It just to, yeah. it just came like just life. Life is you know I was every night writing in that notebook. That notebook that my mom gave me. It had no lines on it. When I started getting outside, you know, moving further away from my mother's house, and start running the streets. These ideas, they would come, and then I would run into a store, so I'm on the corner, yeah. and I would write it on a paper bag, and I put it in my pocket until I got home, then I would transfer it to a, a book. But then ideas come, more paper, and then I'm getting further and further away. Wait. I had to memorize ideas until I got back. Let's go. You have a very unique way of moving. So it was out of necessity. You just had to do it because if you be in the streets, you know, um, you know, that, that that's that's the reason you should be doing it if you have to. You know, if you're in a situation where you have to remember it. But if you're in a fucking studio, just write it down, man. Eminem writes down his shit, and what's wrong with that? There's, you know, Drake writes, a lot of artists write down their shit. Nothing wrong with that. I don't find, you know, I don't give you cool brownie points because you don't write your shit down. I could care less. Come out with the best music, man. Whether you write it down or not, whether it takes you a month, whether it takes you an hour to come up with a song. Doesn't matter, man. Just come up with the best music that you can. There are songs that they're only recorded in 30 minutes that are huge hit records. I think 50s even said in the club, like, it took them 15 minutes to come up with that record. And it's literally one of the biggest songs of all time. Uh, there's moments where shit takes forever. And it takes 30 days. It takes years sometimes. You'll find one. Like, Eminem's Beautiful, which is one of my favorite tracks from Eminem. That was, like, pieces. He recorded that in 2006, 2007. Like, the first verse. Second verse came, like, later. Third, you know, like it took a while. It took two to three years to complete that record. Um, so, yeah, just if you're an artist or anybody creative, man, do your own method, what works. Don't follow something because somebody else does. It just doesn't make any sense. That's like me following other YouTube platforms and YouTubers and what their method is. Makes no sense. I'll do what I like to do, and hopefully it works for me. You know, everybody else does what else they do. I don't think copying somebody is not the, you know, not the way of winning in a lot of situations like this. So, uh, yeah, dope interview, man. If you haven't seen the CBS Morning Gail King interview with Jay-Z, check it out. It's about, I think, 20 minutes long, uh, something like that. And, you know, Jay-Z walks around the museum, uh, talks about his career and just life in general. Uh, dope interview, so check that out. Rose, Rick Ross. Uh, man, here's how you know somebody lost a beef, you know, because I, when I did the 50 versus Rick Ross, which is, I think, the Second, who really won video? I need to redo that one. I want to do a remastered version, expanded version of that. So same with Meek Mill versus Drake, because those were like the first two episodes ever, and they weren't really structured properly like the way I do them now. Um, I want to redo those in the future. I've been saying that for a while, but uh, you know, I'm just finding new ideas and stuff, and that kind of just gets lost in the sauce. But this is how you know who lost the beef and the war in this beef of 50 versus Rick Ross. Ross still talks about 50. Still throw shots at 50. Still trolls with 50. And 50's essentially moved on. I don't remember the last time 50's actually mentioned Rick Ross. I think um, maybe in 2021 when he was doing the BMF stuff and they asked him, hey, would you, would you be willing to do a deal with Rick Ross about getting the BMF track as a theme song on the show? And 50 just said, yeah, if it made business sense, why not? And then Rick Ross like shit it on him. It was like, nah, fuck him. But whatever he said. So Rick Ross is still bitter from that battle for whatever reason um, because he thought he finished 50. Now, you could say music. Here's the thing, too, and here's the thing when people say musically that Rick Ross finished 50 and it was done. 50 finished 50 musically. 
because he was going against his own record label. Here's the thing. When he left his record label, I'm the man, double platinum off a mixtape, free mix. This was a free mixtape. No streaming at the time, 2015. They didn't count streaming. There was barely any streaming. Yeah, Spotify was there um, and stuff like that, but people weren't really using it heavy now, like now. Drops a free song, free mixtape, goes double platinum off it. No promo, independent. Two million sold. When's the last time Rick Ross has gone double platinum? I'm going to check. I'm actually going to check. So I'm, I'm getting okay. I'm getting too much into the beef. Let me first go over the article of what happened. So Rick Ross threw Fifty Cent under the bus after Fat Joe scolds rappers for implicating rivals. So Fat Joe basically, in his own interview clip posted by Hip Hop Wolf, shout out to them, uh, basically said, "Don't kick somebody down during a beef. You know, don't you know if they're already going through like prison problems and stuff." And he's probably, he was actually probably referring to Rick Ross because Rick Ross is clowning DJ Envy, who's going through his own, you know, prison issues that he's probably going to be facing. And Ross is still piling on and clowning on him, you know, which is corny in my opinion. But, uh, you know, uh, you could argue 50 was doing that with Ja Rule. So, I don't know. That's a more deep, deeply rooted, you know, that's like involved with killers, shootings, and people almost dying. So, it's a little bit different versus somebody you just clown with online, you know. So, let me play the clip from Fat Joe and what he said. If I got beef with another rapper, another DJ, and that guy's fighting the law where he might be going to jail for 10 years, 15 years, I don't think it's cool for hip-hop beef to be like, yeah, go get him. He does this, he does that. That's jail. Now, you think it's hip-hop, you think it's fun of games, but R. Kelly's in jail for life. One of the greatest, most famous, most illest entertainers, might be the greatest ever, is in jail for life. Not saying what he did or what that. I'm just telling you, you can go to jail. There's no such thing as you're too famous to go to jail. They'll put you in jail. And so I'm talking about everybody, guys. I'm not talking about somebody specific, specifically. But if I got rap beef with you, it's not cute for me to so-called try to put your business out there or dirty your face or point allegations to you because I want more ratings. Well, I want to sell more records. And this has just been really happening lately in an amazing way where guys that I respect and I love are seeing other artists or people in vulnerable positions and are acting like it's hip-hop beef. Yeah, he did this. Yeah, he did that. No, he might go to jail for 10 years and not be able to feed his family. And what is it to you that that man goes to jail? This is real-life shit. I agree. I completely agree. I think um, if if it's not deeply rooted beef where, you know, you guys just have beef with each other relating to like shootings, like I said, with 50 and Ja, you know, if somebody's already down, they're facing jail, they're facing, but you just leave it alone, man. Move on. You guys had your differences, you know, because prison is a whole different story. Uh, it affects people's lives a lot worse than, you know, pretty much anything else. So, after this, you know, this video was posted, Rick Ross commented under the video and said, oh, this the 50 Cent Tupac Diddy shit at Fat Joe, I concur. Which Diddy situation is not the same thing. What, what 50's doing with the Diddy situation, Diddy, first off, is a billionaire, damn near a billionaire. So even if he got locked up for the, for the uh, you know, uh, shooting of Tupac, if he ever did, his family's good, unless he's just stupid and blew all his money. So that's the number one thing. Second... This was already a story that was out there, you know, like it's not like 50, um, you know, revealed to the world that 
Diddy had a role in killing Tupac or allegedly had a role in killing Tupac. Uh, you know, it's something that's been out there in fifties, always poked fun at Diddy. So I can, I can see where Rick Ross is coming from, from that saying, Oh, he's kicking a person while he's down. When really Diddy's not down. There's nothing happening. Police haven't gone to him. There's no, there's no official arrest. There's no official nothing. Diddy is a free walking man. Police haven't said a word, haven't seized his house, have done nothing to that. Now, relating to the DJ Envy situation, yes, police have been involved. Governments are being involved. A whole different scenario. It's escalated versus rumors. The Diddy thing is rumors. Here's said, she said, this, that. There's no clear-cut evidence yet. DJ Envy, there's a lot of evidence. So, after Rick Ross commented that, throwing 50 under the bus, somebody respond in the comments saying, nah, he's talking about you, gang. Like, no, he's talking about you, Rick Ross. You're the one that's kicking down DJ Envy. You know, because you guys, you guys had a back and forth, which was just petty shit, really. It wasn't anything serious. And then Rick Ross is clowning for that. Anyways, out of all this, I went back to what I was saying in the beginning before I was talking about this article. Uh, 50 won this war when it comes to Rick Ross. Maybe in the battle it might seem like Rick Ross won because he got hot. But at the end of the day... Rick Ross struggles to get platinum songs, struggles to get platinum albums. What 50's done in his career, why, look at that. I'm the man went double platinum. Double, this is a free mixtape song, double platinum. Back to what I was going, let's see when's the last time Rick Ross got a double, triple platinum song. When's the last time he got RIA certified? I'm just curious. And I'm not going to count the features he's done with Drake, because Drake saved his fucking ass 90 million times. I'm talking Rick Ross-led songs. Last time he got a platinum song that was him as a lead artist was Gold Roses that went platinum in November of 2021. Platinum, that's it, not double platinum. Let's see which one's double platinum or triple order. So triple platinum, last time he got a triple platinum song was Aston Martin Music. That was in August of 2021. Blowing money fast. BMF. This is this is the track that people were saying 50 was losing. Rick Ross got hot. All of a sudden, he's the biggest. This song went platinum. Platinum only in 2021. So we're talking 50 Cent's I'm the Man, a track that was released free with no promo, nothing, off independent just G-Unit Records, just randomly released, went double platinum. And you guys are talking about BMF. When Ross got hot, oh, BMF, he's the hottest. 50 got washed, destroyed. Look at this. This is the numbers. This is what I'm talking about. Rick Ross has never, never really done numbers like that. If you look at his update, so he basically got his stuff updated in 2021. That was like the most recent. Um, everything is in 2021. Look at this. Uh, hustling, hustling, which is Ross's arguably one of his biggest songs. Two times platinum only. 2021. Two times platinum. Like, you guys would... 50's level compared to Ross is so far. Like, Rick Ross comes nowhere near 50's level when it comes to certificate, anything in sales, anything in global dominance. Just 50 washes him. The fact that there was even a conversation in this is ridiculous. And by the way, Rick Ross got helped by so many at the time. Think about how many features he's done with Drake, how many features he's done with DJ Khaled, how many features with Lil Wayne, how many features with everybody that's hot at the moment. 50 was doing this shit essentially by himself. All the songs that are big in the club by himself. Many men by himself. 21 Questions had Nate Dogg, which helped, of course. But most part, solo by himself. Window Shopper by himself. Uh, Candy Shop. 
Olivia, his own artist. Woohoo, like Olivia wasn't the one that made that record hot, but you can count that as a feature, whatever. Just a little bit by himself, out of control by himself. Like a lot of these tracks are huge global hits by himself. I get money by himself. Like, uh, so anyways, the whole, like, yeah, this whole, this just shows you that Rick Ross is still bitter about the 50 cent battle. Still bitter that 50s loved across the globe. His tour got nominated by BT for one of the best tours of this year. So we'll see if he wins that. It's against like Drake, 50, and uh, I think Snoop Dogg or something like that. Um, we'll see if he wins that. But global recognition, love around the world with the final lap tour. Still can sell. If he, if 50 just, I'm telling you right now, we talked about 50 dropping an album last year. I mean, last episode of the podcast. If 50 just decided, hey, let me take six months to a year out of my career. Let me just focus on an album and just focus and put 100% attention to that. Forget the TV shows. Just focus on the album. That album would be huge. I'm telling you right now, 50 would do platinum, double platinum easily. It's not even a question. You guys are questioning a guy that went diamond, at least in America, went nine times platinum, that in America on his second album went six times platinum, that in America on his third album went three times platinum. You know, it's like he's done these numbers. He just hasn't focused in. And if he signed, like, let's say, a deal with Def Jam or just a record label deal, one album deal, just to put it out, he would do numbers. Anyways, I'm saying all this to say, I this is further proof to me that, you know, because people were arguing with me about the 50 Cent versus Rick Ross, who really won video. Oh, look, Ross blew up, MMG, all this, all this. Man, look, man, 50 got what? Like, this just shows you in the long term that 50, even musically, is still a better performing person without even trying, without putting no promo behind a song, went double platinum. And people are going to say, well, that was a long time ago, Quake. What if he drops right now? Well, that's the last project that 50 dropped was in 2015 with Canaan Tape. That was a free mixtape. That was the last time he dropped something. So maybe if he dropped a new project, then we'd be able to gauge it better. But, hey, that was the last time he dropped when Double Platinum. So I'm just saying, I think, you know, Rick Ross has dropped albums fairly, you know, like what? Let me see what albums have gone actually platinum in this guy's because this guy's struggled on albums going platinum. Look at this. Port of Miami. This is... His debut album, and th this went platinum in 2016. He dropped the album in 2006. It took a whole 10 years for this guy to sell 1 million units. 10 fucking years to sell 1 million. And this there and there's a comparison to 50 all of a sudden. 50 did a million literally in a week. That's how hilarious this is. One week. What took got what 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 took the what took 50 one week? Actually, it did it in like four days, actually. So it took 54 days, took Rick Ross 10 years, and yet there is somehow even comparison. Makes no sense to me. Now, I know what people are going to be like, oh, but Rick Ross can rap, makes great music. Okay, we're not, I'm not talking about the rapping ability. I'm not talking about the quality of the music because Rick Ross makes great music. Is it better than 50s? In my opinion, fuck no, but he makes great music. That's not the debate here. The debate here is popularity, dominance, presence big how big is he as a person and the reality is rick ross is nowhere near um that was the last time he actually has an album here i don't see any other album all i see is singles that went platinum and double platinum and that's smart music that went three times platinum thank god for drake because drake saved that motherfucker 
And then the person who was on the hook, she killed it too. Aston Martin music. Anyways, Drake, look, Money in the Grave featuring Rick Ross. That song just recently went six times platinum. That's because of Drake. That's got nothing to do with Rick Ross. Kanye West, Devil in a New Dress, June 2023, went double platinum featuring Rick Ross. DJ Khaled, God did, which Khaled is really quiet on a lot of the issues that's going on in today's world, which I'm very disappointed in, but he went gold. So all these all these recent plaques and shit is from features he's done because this motherfucker would not be having any times. Look at this. French Montana went more platinum than Rick Ross. So two times platinum. Went, pop that, pop that, don't stop. That was in May 2020. Like, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any albums, bro. That's all he's got is one platinum album. Rick Ross only got one platinum album? One million only sold one time in his career? Come on, man. Look at this. Trilla. Gold. God Forgives I Don't, which is actually a great album. Gold. Not even platinum. Teflon Don. This is the album that, that everybody said, oh, he killed 50's career. This is the album that came out that he got hot. Gold. Come on, man. I don't even have to. I ain't got to talk about this, man. But anyways, you see how passionate I get about this because it's just bullshit. People got this revisionist history. And today's time just proves 50s torn, like dudes selling out globally everywhere. People are saying, oh, he can't sell out shows in America. Nobody fucks with them in America. Look what he did in America. Sold out shows left and right. Made, what was the amount? Like fucking $4 million in two nights in New York? Like, yeah. Anyways, I'm not even going to get into that. Rick Ross just shows that Rick Ross lost his battle because he constantly has 50 Cent's name in his mouth. He has Lloyd Banks' name in his mouth. I'm sure he's even mentioned Yayo. He's just bitter, salty, you know. Yeah, just correctional officer. That's what he is. But, yeah, we'll keep our eye on this. I'm sure 50's not going to respond at all. I would hope he doesn't because, you know, it's just corny at the time. Speaking of platinum and RIA certifications, RIAA certifications, Drake. Drake has broke another record. Uh, He just got his recent uh, RIA certifications updated, RIAA certifications updated. And because of this update, Drake became the first artist in RIAA history to surpass 200 million certified single units as a lead artist. We're talking singles here, not albums. So single units as a lead artist, as a lead artist. So no feature, not not featured on a song, but him leading the song. Uh, let's go over. Let's see which one's got RIAA certified and updated because his shit gets updated like frequently, which, you know, makes sense because Drake is Drake. Damn, there's a lot. Of course, Drake's got like 90 million records sold. Her Loss just recently went updated. Uh, RIAA updated double times, two times platinum. That's pretty pretty good, man. Two million sold on that. Drake the Model, eight times platinum. That is insane. That's about to go diamond. Probably in a couple of years here. Drake's Take Care album. This is his best-selling album so far. It's eight times platinum, so he's about to be diamond. He'll probably be diamond in about, I'll give it about five more years. He'll be diamond. He'll have a diamond album finally in his career. It took about when to take care drop 2011, 2021 is 10 years. Uh, you want to do after 10 years, you want to do what, another five years. It'll take about, yeah, I'll take about, damn, it might take about 20 years till he gets the first, his first diamond album. That's crazy. Uh, Drake Take Care featured Rihanna, the song went seven times platinum. So he's got like plat- huge platinums for singles. Drake Certified Lover Boy went three times platinum. Amazing. Headlines, eight times. Damn, I did not expect headlines to be eight times platinum. Yeah, single-wise, he's killing it. Just hold on, we're going home. That went nine times platinum. About to be 10 million diamond on that single. 
Nothing was the same. Drake's big best album went six times platinum. Six million sold in that. Drake started from the bottom eight times platinum. Yeah, this guy's going to have like, I want to say in about three to four years, he's going to have about like three or four more diamond singles added to his like catalog. Then Money in the Grave Rick Ross, that went six times platinum. Insane. Um, and then Drake Jungle, that went three times platinum. Drake, I got enemies. Got a lot of enemies. Energy, five times platinum. If you're reading this too late, which is quote-unquote a mixtape, went four times platinum. Insane. Wow. Yeah, it's, that's huge numbers, man. Drake's about to reach a diamond album for the first time in his career with Take Care. And probably about three, maybe five years, he'll have his first diamond album. Which just goes to show how hard it is to get a diamond album. I think people underestimate, like, you know, how hard it is to get a whole album to go diamond, even in a streaming-like era. Because Drake did this half with no streaming, half with streaming. So imagine if streaming didn't get involved or, you know, which you can't say that because that's the that's the kind of the, the, the way we rate things now. But, um, yeah, even before streaming, I think he only went like three times platinum, three million sold at the time. So hard to go diamond on albums, man. That's no joke. I mean, 50s Get Rich in America isn't diamonds nine times. So whenever he gets that up updated, which I think they updated Get Rich in like 2020. So. Uh, maybe in 2024. I was hoping that during a 20-year anniversary they would have updated to Diamond, but they didn't. So that's going to probably go Diamond. LB 50s like first Diamond album in America uh, only. And the Massacre's at six times, so who knows when that's going to go Diamond. That's going to take a while for that. Um, but it's hard to go Diamond in America, like solely just in America. Worldwide, a lot of artists have done it. I don't know if Drake's uh, Take Care is Diamond World. It probably is worldwide. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Chief Keef stuff got updated, which is pretty cool. Five times platinum for bitches love so so oh and no no and then I don't like went two times platinum so dope man he's got five times platinum single and a two times platinum single he went diamond in the streets though Chief Keef went diamond in the streets one hundred percent everybody's bumping that shit but yeah Drake broke the record so he becomes the first artist in RIAA history to surpass two hundred million certified uh, single units as a lead artist. I know people are going to mention, what about Eminem? Eminem did this. Eminem, they're not talking about just singles. They're, they're talking, Eminem did a lot of this stuff with albums, but they're, I think they're just talking about singles. That's what it says, certified single units as a lead artist. So singles-wise. It makes sense because Drake came out at a time where singles were selling more than albums. Eminem came out at a time where albums were selling more than singles. So to be honest, singles were never selling. I think singles really started selling when uh, Steve Jobs introduced uh, iTunes and you could buy, you know, songs, individual songs off albums for 99 cents at the time. Now it's like $1.29. You still buy actual albums. But um, back then, yeah, he introduced that whole method because, and it was smart because, you know, sometimes you would you would get miss, uh, you would get uh, tricked by the single sometimes. So the artist would release a great single, and then you buy the album, and it's total ass cheeks. So you just spent like 14 10 to $14 and you got a bunch of dookie. And there are a lot of albums like that where the singles are fucking fired, but then you listen to the album, this shit's ass. So um, that's the thing. So that's why Steve Jobs, I'm glad Steve Jobs introduced that. Yeah, I kind of fucked up album sales because now people are individually selecting. But it caused people to step up their game when it comes to releasing albums. Make sure that albums are great, man, from top to bottom and not just singles. But then now it's like a whole different TikTok era where people just want to release singles. and Yeah, it's all fucked up now, but... Uh, yeah, very interesting, man. So congratulations to Drake, first artist in RIAA history to surpass 200 million certified units as a lead artist. Drizzy, Cardi B and Tasha K. Uh, it seems like Cardi B is becoming soft 
when it comes to Tasha K. And Tasha K is probably happy as hell because her crying and bitching and moaning about her having to pay all that money that she got herself into a situation of doing uh, seems to be slowly working on Cardi B. And I think Tasha K is happy as hell and she's going to continue crying and saying, oh, I'm depressed because I got to pay all this money and I got to file bankruptcy, you know. So let's go over the article. Cardi B appears to have hinted at easing up on her sworn enemy, Tasha K, after the disgraced blogger shared some of her innermost thoughts in which she seemed genuinely remorseful for her past actions. That's bullshit. Listen, Cardi B, you watch me? That's bullshit. It's bullshit, Cardi B. You know it's bullshit. She's just mad she got caught. She's mad she won't fold. She's mad she got to pay that money. We're going to say that money. What was that record? Uh, Lil Dicky and uh, Fetty Wild. We're going to say that money. Anyways, uh, this is what Tasha K said. I hit her today, and this is what I said to her. Tasha K began an Instagram Live on Wednesday. Uh, the caricature of the brand she has is not the one that parents those kids. You could tell a lot about a person by how they parent their kids. I started this platform to keep people out of depression, and I misuse it a lot. Uh, Tashke also alluded to being part of a machine that tore Cardi down, and alluded that the rapper's recent tweets about, and alluded to the rapper's recent tweets about suicidal ideation. In response, the Bodak Yellow rapper seemed to have softened her original stance against Tashke. That's what Cardi said. Uh, it don't make me happy seeing somebody else go through some shit. Uh, Cardi said on Twitter spaces, which appeared to be a direct response to Tasha's comments. It don't make me happy seeing people with tears on their face. And I'm not telling this because I want y'all thinking, Oh, Cardi, you're so nice. This and that. It just gen genuinely doesn't make me happy. She continued saying, I'm going to talk to my mom tomorrow because let me tell you something. I could tell when somebody is depressed. I can tell when somebody is going through some shit and I can tell when somebody just feels like they don't have nobody to talk to. Uh, Barty, however, didn't directly mention to, uh, didn't mention Tasha K host by name, nor does she say any reference to the verdict or to Tosh K's bankruptcy. Um, so, yeah, uh, she reached out. Hopefully, you know, she doesn't soften her stance because this is a, what I like about this is it it holds these, these quote-unquote, you know, journalists, researchers, whatever, accountable for lying because that is disrespectful, man. And Cardi B should not soften her stance, get every penny, make her suffer through the situation because it's fucked up, man. The, the things that she said is messed up. You know, that ruins people's lives. And it's ironic here she's talking about, oh, you know, depression and all this stuff. And I'm sad. Well, what you were doing to Cardi B at the time was probably causing her depression, spreading false stories about her sleeping with men, having diseases. That's fucked up. That can lead to depression for people. Uh, don't spread false information about whether it's a public figure or not. It's wrong. It's messed up, man. I would never do that in a situation. Never. Why? What What? What? what do I gain from that? Well, I get a bunch of clicks and people start to watch my videos. So what? It's false. People are going to find out it's fake anyways at the end of the day. So why ruin your reputation? Why Why? Why cause all this? I'm surprised she's... Tasha K still has viewers. She'll go live and still have people watching her. I'm genuinely surprised. Like, if it comes out that I've been lying about a bunch of stuff, why would people watch? Like, why watch me? Makes no sense. Like, imagine if I fabricated the whole Get Rich documentary and I made it into, like, AI video or just, I don't know, I, I made a whole story up or some shit. You know, like, if you guys found out about that, I would hope you guys stopped listening to me and watch me because that's fucked up. Now, if I made a mistake, you know, people can make mistakes where they can report on something and be like, damn, I fucked up, that's the wrong story, let me correct it. 
different story because humans, people make mistakes, but, you know, purposely, you know, putting out information that's false that you know is false, that's a whole different scenario. So please, Cardi B, do not soften your stance. Put your, keep your foot on her neck. She deserves that. People need to get, uh, you know, people need to be held accountable for their actions. More of that needs to happen, especially in America. I think in America, we've lost that. Having people be held accountable for their actions. More of that needs to happen. So, yeah, we'll keep our eye on this, and hopefully it doesn't result in a situation where, you know, uh, Cardi B goes lighter on Tosh K. You know, not that I have anything against Tosh K, but I do feel like people need to be held responsible for their bullshit. And the fact that Tosh K had multiple chances to not, you know, to reverse everything she's published about Cardi B. Cardi B gave her multiple warnings, and she still didn't listen. So, uh, people like that deserve these type of things happening. The game, the game has been accused of doing this shit for quite some time, honestly. Uh, I even got a message from the game's actual Instagram page, and based off that conversation, somebody else runs this page to promote it and do random things like this. So, I don't know if it's game directly doing this bullshit, but he definitely has ties to it because, you know, why have your name attached to this stuff? It's very dumb, uh, and it could lead to major lawsuits in the future. So, the game is being accused again of scamming a fan with sweepstakes merch giveaway. Like, game, you're in a hole. Like, this is so beneath you. It's ridiculous. Uh, the game is being criticized by a fan for allegedly running a scam through his merchandise portal and not following through a transaction's promise. On Wednesday, October 26th, a Reddit user wrote a lengthy post about a, the competency promoting a sweepstakes deal on his online store that involved fans having to purchase an $80 hoodie. However... This particular fan claims they never received it. The game put out a post about a month ago or so promoting some new LA merch and that buying any of it would enter you into a giveaway for a car. It included a dope hoodie that I wanted. Uh, the fan wrote, my package arrived yesterday and I got what's pictured above, a bunch of like Japanese written uh, writing in a Leopard women's hoodie. They entered their message by claiming this is a message on the website about how they won't issue any refunds for any sales no matter what because they don't want to tamper with the sweepstakes. Uh, so basically, uh, they purchased a hoodie, and it's a totally different hoodie, and it's not what... Uh, though no one in the comment section has added an allegation, a number of people expressed their disappointment at the Southern, Southern California rapper. How broke do you have to be to run a scam on your own fans? One user wrote, uh, like 80 isn't a big spend for a hoodie, but still he was legitimately one of my all time favorite artists. And I think his first three albums are classics. It's just sad to see. So yeah, games career has been, like I said, musically, the guy's there always, he's always delivered great music, but it's the antics outside of the music that's caused people to dislike him. And just, you know, like this type of stuff, like why would you promise a hoodie, not even deliver the fucking hoodie that you ordered? Like he ordered a whole different hoodie and he got a whole different hoodie. Like the design. Completely different from what he ordered. Now, that could have been a mistake. That could have been something to like. But it's like, you know, um, yeah, the giveaway thing too is just to get people to buy stuff. Uh, you know, giving away a car. Doesn't, whatever car, let's just say it's a crazy car. Let's say it's a car it's worth like $60,000, right? You know how many hoodies you have to sell to make sixty grand, and then to make a profit off that? Like, we'd have to sell a lot of fucking hoodies, man. So these giveaway things, I never believe it when it's something extravagant like a car. Now, if I was doing a giveaway, right, what I would believe as a giveaway, let's just say I decided to do a giveaway. I would give away something like a MacBook, you know, MacBook Pro, whatever. Like, that's a price range of what? 
can range from fifteen hundred to maybe four thousand dollars at the top end, maybe five thousand dollars top end. So in between there, if you did a giveaway with a MacBook Pro, you could pr- potentially make that money in hoodies and sales. You know, let's just say I did a giveaway, made ten thousand in hoodies and sales, and gave away a three thousand dollar Mac. Cool, made about eight thousand, seven thousand profit, seven thousand roughly profit. Cool, that would make sense. That I would believe more. You giving away a car for selling merchandise. Unless you're just fucking filthy rich, which game, you know, I'm sure he's got money. Um, you know, so it's more believable when game does it. I get it. But still, I would never, you know, like, I would just buy the hoodie if I enjoy the hoodie. Like, Lloyd Banks dropped Halloween Havoc for merchandise. Go ahead and check it out. Banks doesn't do these random giveaways. Just says, hey, I got merch for my new new project that's dropping. Check it out if you want to purchase it. And boom. And that's it. There's no sweepstakes. There's nothing. He takes your money. You get what you want. Boom. Done. Finished. And that's the way to do it. Um, speaking of merch, I need to start, man. I've been, it takes a lot of money to invest into the clothing. Honestly, I would have had the money had I not put it into the Gibberish documentary. But, you know, uh, that's the thing with money and investments. You have to kind of take your route of what you want to do. So I want to start a clothing line eventually. Uh, you know, people have asked me for hats, shirts, teacher, all this stuff. So uh, I need to look into it by next year. Because I know on Patreon, all the people that have signed up on Patreon, um, they're going to get free merch. Uh, whenever I do start it, I said that a while ago before, but I think that's, that's something that people on Patreon deserve for the people that's been supporting me. I'll probably give away like a free t-shirt or a free hoodie or a free hat, something like that. Just to get, you know, just to give you guys something for supporting me. Um, I like doing giveaways and stuff too. I gave away what we gave away three PlayStation fives and the, all those people received it. I mean, you know, I could show you proof that they received it, which is very cool. Um, so you know, doing giveaways, man, make sure people get their stuff and, and don't promote some bullshit, man. You know, and I still owe four people actually gifts. The person, so when I did that 50 cent giver, should I try and give away, uh, the person who got the concert, got the tickets immediately. Cause that was easy to do the four items. That I still owe people. Like I said, I'm still missing one. I actually looked for it about two days ago, I think, or a day ago and, uh, just cannot find it, man. I think I placed it somewhere in this office. Because there's no way it just disappeared. So I'm trying to find that so I can just ship everything out at once. Um, but I've been struggling. If I just can't find them, I just have to buy a new one, which is going to suck because it costs a lot of money. So, you know, I'm going to be spending like $100, $150 just for it again. So I don't, that's why it's been taking me a little while. So for everybody that won that, just be patient. Um, I'll probably give you guys like an extra bonus, like $10 or something on your cash app for waiting so long. Um, but yeah, be patient with me on that. I'm trying to find the fucking item. Um, so we'll see. But anyways, game, corny as hell for doing this. Once again, another corny thing. Don't do this shit, man. You're way above this. There's been multiple stories of you, like, promising verses for people, promising this, that, and that, and just never delivering. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep our eye on. Eventually, he's going to get sued for some shit like this. So, uh, very weird situation. Young Buck and Rico Reckless. So, I got asked to talk about this because this actually happened a couple of days ago. It's been actually a while, two weeks roughly. Uh, but Rico Reckless stopped by Vlad TV and broke down the story of what's going on with Young Buck. So, basically, Rico Reckless was on No Jumper. And they were talking about some random stories that, like, surprised them or were, like, they didn't expect. Like, you know, stories like that where you meet somebody and you don't expect them to be a certain way. Like, you know, whatever. Um so Rico was talking about that. He's a fan of G-Unit. You know, he's met 50. He's met Banks. Uh, he hasn't met Yayo yet, but he's met 50 Banks and even now Buck back in 2017. Uh, this is back in 2017, 50. Buck was still with G-Unit because this is like when they reformed G-Unit and they're still cool with each other. Then by 2018, they stopped being cool with each other. So Buck at this time was still cool with G-Unit. Um, 
And uh, basically, he just said, Rico Reckless said that Buck tucked his chain in when, like, they were in the studio together. And Rico went on Vlad TV to kind of expand on the story of exactly what happened. And quite frankly, it's funny as hell. So I'm going to let you guys listen to the audio. Uh, and if you're in video, you can watch the video. I don't know if Vlad's going to copyright this. So I might might be limited on how much I'm going to be able to show you guys. But you can watch the interview on Vlad. Just type in Rico Reckless, Young Buck, uh, and you'll see. And then Buck responded to it. So let's first play Rico's part. And then, you know, uh, we'll talk about, you know, Buck's response. I fuck with you, young buck, but then you did that bitch ass shit. That's all it was. Like it was just, it was just fucked me up. But I fuck with young buck. He got this song. I know you're gonna let me shine and get mine. I know you're gonna let me in with this nine. I know you're gonna let me smoke on my weed. I know you're gonna let me drink with no ID. Man, I fact, take a shot just for that. Young buck, I fuck with you. Yeah, this is uh, this is okay. Atlanta, Georgia, 2017, Drummer Boy Studio. So one day, it's like late night. I'm like, uh, I slapped the drum boy and shit. So I slapped there and he on the phone. He like, uh, yo, Rico just walked in right now, bro. He said, yo, I got Young Buck on the phone. Now, look, this is the thing that's right from the bit, because I don't even know if Drum Boy remember this, because I ain't even angst him. Like, hey, Drum Boy, you remember that shit? Because I know he do a lot, but the fuck, I got to lie. People are like, uh, people want, like, you got to lie. If I want to lie about somebody, why wouldn't I lie about somebody like Drake or somebody, or lie about somebody who, like, at the top of their fucking game doing some shit, if I'm going to tell a lie? The fuck, I got to lie about Young Buck for it. That's like me lying about my fucking crackhead-ass uncle for no reason. So, I'm in the studio, bang. Drum boy like, man, young buck on the phone. Huh, holler at him. He said he's definitely come up here. So I get on the phone, man, man, you, I'm a G-Unit fan. I fuck with 50. I done met Lloyd Banks personally. Nigga, Tony Ayo, I talk to him all the time. Like, nigga, I fuck with, nigga, I met 50. Me and him locked in. Like, I fuck with them. Ain't never been no problem. Everybody's like, yeah, you fuck with, fuck with G-Unit. I tell them all the time I bring G-Unit back right now for them. So I see young buck. I ain't gonna fuck about none of that extra shit about him. Cause I did at the time, I ain't know none of that extra shit at the time. I'm just, oh, this young buck, I'm singing the song. They ain't gonna let me shine and get mad. So I'm, yo, what's up, buck? He, records, what you want? Nigga, young buck, nigga. I say, shit, nigga, I'm in with drummer boy, what you want? He, nigga, gonna pull up with a hundred choppers, nigga. Right now, we gonna pull up, nigga. I say, the fuck you doing all that for? I fucking pull up, I guess. I mean, I guess, cause sometimes I'm from Chicago, so people think they're like, you gotta like, be like, talk about guns and gang shit. Buck comes studio, nigga. He come hoodie on, like I think like three, four niggas with him and shit. They come in and shit. All right, back. So I'm yeah, that young buck. One time I do like I'm, I'm still like never forget, bro. I'm still a fan to the rap game. No matter how big I get, no matter what's going on, I'm a fan to this shit because I grew up off all this shit. I grew up an Eminem fan, so I grew up. I'm a fan to this shit. So he coming that bitch. I'm phoning them great. They getting that um. Again, that all right, bet. So now drum boy, like, no drum boy, he playing hella beast and shit now. Now bucking that bitch drinking and shit. We all vibing and shit. He get the gist. Telling me about his whole life. So I think some bitch texted me. I kept trying to fuck her. So she get that. Where you at right now? I'm finna the bed. Oh man. Cream, go take the style on this bitch real quick. He, oh, we gone. I'm drum boy. You finna be all night? Yeah, you know I'm here all night. What the bed? All right, bet. I'm gonna slab back then. So uh the process of that. I'm like, all right, gang, I'm gonna come back and fuck with you, gang. I'm gonna go ahead and make some shit, gang. I'm gonna come back. That shit hard. I'm not talking about, man, I think this 2017. So I was going crazy as far as like, you an older rapper. You wanna fuck with the youngest. So I'm going crazy anyway. So uh, I'm leaving shit. So I'm, all right, let's get up out of here, bang. So we leave and shit. I get all the way to the car. I'm like, man, my phone in the car, crane. He left your phone. Yeah, he coming to get your phone real quick. Because the doors, like, used to be like locking the shit. Man, let's go get our phone for the door lock. I right, remember going there, grab my phone. I kid you not, I can't make this shit up. I go back and I grab my phone. Man, Buck got this whole chain on. Man, I just been there with you for two hours, gang. You ain't had no, that's like, you. that's like right now on gang, nigga. I'm in, I, got, I don't got no chain on. And then like, 
motherfucker leave with something, come back, got a chain on it. Like, it's different for me untucking it. It's been like two hours, gang. So I'm, I couldn't get my phone and shit. Um, I ain't really paying no attention to me personally. I'm like, I'll leave and shit. It's till we get back in the car. My homie Cream, because he a real fan of this shit. Cream older. Cream, like, if I'm at the time, like 20 something, Cream, like 40 already. So Cream, like, he just mad now. Like, for no reason, his whole mood changed now. He was just happy finna go with me to the bitch crib. He, I can't believe it. I just saw a young nigga. Um, the fuck you talking about, Cream? Like, sometimes he be just saying shit. What you talking about? He, man, you ain't, so you ain't see what happened? Um, what, what happened? He, Man, nigga, just tuck this chain on you. Oh, man, cut the fuck out, man. He ain't tuck it, he, bro. He said, bro, that man just had his chain out, bro. He ain't have his chain on the whole time. We been in the studio with him for two hours, bro. He didn't have not a fucking chain on, bro. That man had, it ain't like he took his hoodie off or nothing. He pulled that motherfucker out now, bro. Like, bro, that man just tucked his chain on you, bro. He thought you was gonna do something to him. I lost all respect for that man. Um, and I'm scratching my head processing, like, he did just have a chain on, didn't he? Damn, this ass a bitch on phone now. We get the all night call everybody like, damn, phone, y'all just saw some bitch ass shit. I just saw some rap. Cause I be saying hella rap ass bitch ass shit. I just don't be saying shit. Oh man, for why young bugs just tuck your chain on me? Everybody like, nah, you front your shit. I'm from the gray. That's what happened, folks. That man tucked his chain on me, folks. So based off the story, it doesn't seem like Rico's lying, uh, because he said his his partner, uh, Cream, was was the one that noticed the chain tucking when he was in the studio, and then when they came back, he actually tucked his chain in. They actually brought it out, sorry. So he had it tucked in when he was hanging out with Rico Reckless and Cream and everybody else at the studio, Drum and Boy. But then he brought it out when Rico left and Cream left. Um, overall, like, I don't, like, this doesn't make Buck look like a bad person. This doesn't make Buck look like a bitch. This doesn't make nothing. You know, I don't know how that's bitch-ass shit, the way Rico's referring to it. I can kind of see... But it's like Buck doesn't know Rico. And Rico's had stories, you know, he's from Chicago. He's had stories of robbing, stealing, you know, potentially, I don't know what he's done in his history. But, you know, you got somebody with that type of, like, background, you got to be careful, especially rappers. You don't know how how they're going to act, if they're going to, you know, rob, chain, steal, whatever. So Buck doing that, I have no issue with that. Taking it out after they leave because he trusts Drummer Boy. He's been with Drummer Boy and whoever else probably in the studio. Probably trusted those people. If I don't trust somebody, you know, I would do the same thing. I don't find that as a bitch-ass move. I find that it'd be smart. I think, uh, you know, you avoid less less situations like that. But, you know, rappers and chains, personally, I'm not, I've never been a fan of chain or jewelry in general. Um, I just, you know, I don't find no interest in it. I don't think it's something that I would, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't find no interest in it. Um, but this, you know, this story, like, it's funny as hell the way Rico is telling it because Rico's a funny guy in general. But, uh. You know, Rico, you know, Buck in his response said that he has no idea who Rico is. And Rico, the how he validated it was like, how, how does 50 know me? Banks know me, but you don't know me. It's like, that doesn't make any sense because 50 is obviously the top guy. And if 50 knows, usually everybody below him will know who it is. Um, most of the time, not all the time, but I believe that part. Buck saying that he doesn't know him. So let me play the clip that Buck responded to. Uh, this is before. So this Vlad TV interview happened after all this. So Rico said this on No Jumper. Caught headlines, Buck responded, and now Rico went on Vlad just to explain the story furthermore. So this is like after all that. So let me play Buck's what Buck said. Buck, real quick. Look, nigga been playing with my name for a long time. I really ain't been fucking with these niggas and letting these niggas do what they do because they know what I do. I don't do a lot of hat camping and talking and all that. I don't give a fuck what a nigga think or none of that, but a nigga know how I get out in real life. I'm addressed this one time, cause a nigga just said something to my phone. I don't know no nigga named Rico Reckless, Chicago rapper, 
ain't never took a chain in in my, in my life for no nigga. If I tucked it in, it's cause I wanted to. But the nigga, I don't even know these niggas, a lot of these niggas and bitches and whatever the fuck that be popping a lot of shit. So keep it 100, my nigga. Like, I'm the type of nigga, if it's shit for real, if it really happened, I'ma stand on, I'ma say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, man, y'all niggas, man, leave me the fuck alone, man. Cause when you niggas see me in real life, man, you know, fuck all this internet hype shit. You niggas make sure your energy be wherever the fuck you left it at. Cause I'ma get on whatever level you niggas get on. And that's on my mama life now. So don't let this rah rah fool y'all motherfuckers. I ain't gonna say too much, but don't don't let it fool you niggas out there. That's some real shit, man. I think I think Buck gets a lot of flack, hate, whatever the case may be. Rico said I'm a fan, you know, let me in, making fun of let me in, when in reality Rico is never going to sell the amount of units Buck has ever sold. I don't think, I don't even know a single Rico Reckless song. No disrespect to him. I can't name a single Rico Reckless song. Like, that That should tell you that this guy isn't that big of an... So for him making fun of Buck, saying, oh, let me in, I'm a fan of G... Like, bro, Buck is here, like, at a whole different tier, way higher than you. And I know a lot of people, you know, like to clown Buck, and I find... I find 50 very corny for doing that. Like him clowning Buck and taking shots at Buck. He took shots at Banks. Like it was a clip that he did. Um, I just don't like that. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like when 50 does that. I think that's that's corny. For me, I can't, you know, if 50 was here, I would tell him straight up, that's not cool, man. Those are your brothers at one point. Yeah, you guys might not see eye to eye, but leave them alone. Let them do their thing. They're not bothering you, especially Banks. Banks hasn't said shit negative about 50. So that whole thing is just, to me, I find that corny from 50. And I would straight up tell him that because it is. And 50, you know, has always poked fun at Buck for, you know, the transgender stuff and whatever. But Buck, there's always been stories of Buck keeping it solid, keeping it street, gets into fights with people. You know, the whole Dr. Dre stabbing incident. He's always been one to stand his ground, ten toes down. And Buck's just a dope person. And the stories that he has, you know, the, the type of relationships he has with people, that everybody vouches for him, man. Even in this comments of this video, Young Buck responded to him. Let me read some of the comments. The top comment is, Buck is one of the most underrated, underappreciated rappers in history. Yeah, I said it. Another person commented, he came to my town to rap by himself. I was surprised as our town is small in VA. Thank you, Young Buck, for making my sons and other kids uh, day back when G-Unit was hype. You didn't have to do it. Buck's verse on my buddy and popping them things was pure facts, too. Uh, I'm from the shy, and I can honestly tell you Rico Reckless is one of the biggest goofies from here. Okay, that's something totally different. Uh, people can say whatever they want about Buck, but no one can ever say that Buck is scary. Say that Buck, meaning like scary as in, sorry, I got that kind of fused. Buck like is, is, is scared and running away from people. Um, regardless, man, Buck from the people gets a lot of respect. And like I said, I would have loved, he's, he's going to be facing a gun charge pretty soon here. And, uh, you know, so this type of stuff is not is not needed in his life. He needs to, like, I'm glad he didn't say too much in this interview, but I would love for Buck, like, if I had Buck on here, I would tell him, hey, uh, you know, tone it down, man. You're a lot older right now. Uh, focus more on building and not trying to beef with people. And even if Rico said what he said, Buck should have not even addressed it because Rico's way below what Buck is, period. I don't care if Buck's not relevant musically right now. Rico might be relevant whatever musically he is because I don't even know a fucking single Rico Reckless song. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. Buck did what Rico would probably never do in his career. Sell millions of units, tour the world. So that's the reality of the situation. I don't like the fact that Rico was clowning. Oh, give me, let me in. Like, come on, bro. 
Buck's music is way better than anything that you could ever produce in your career ever. I don't care if you just drop, I don't know what the fuck, you dropped an all eyes on me type of project. You could never do that. Uh, Buck straight out of cash. Even Buck the world. I was talking about the Get Buck record on Twitter and how fire that song is and how underrated um, it is. But yeah, Buck overall in general is underrated. So corny, man, very corny just to put out that story to try to clown him for it. Um, you know, from everybody that I've seen, even Buck's people, man, Charlotte, shout out to Charlie, Charlie P. You know, when, when that interview didn't happen back in 2021, when he was supposed to come and do an interview with us at the podcast, Charlie pulled up, you know, and that crazy all-star, it was all-star weekend in Atlanta, which is wild. There was a shootout that happened. Uh, just traffic was always insane. Pulled up from all-star weekend. Pulled up at the office, in front of the office, shook my hand and said, I apologize, Buck couldn't make it. So solid people, man. Uh, Buck and his people around him, solid people. And I just, anything disrespecting Buck, unless it's, it's warranted, you know, if Buck does something, everything else is corny, man. People coming up to him in the store when he was shopping that one time, that guy's trying to go viral, saying, oh, I heard you fuck with transgender or some shit like this. Corny, man. Leave Buck alone. Buck's not bothering anybody out here. And to me, Buck is a cool, cool person based off what I see dope-ass artist, and just overall great person. So, uh, but yeah, let me know what you guys think of that. I just, I, you know, I would like to see comments on this and just messages on this. Or what you guys think of the story. If somebody did that, tucked their chain in, didn't want to, like, what's what's the what's the problem with that? I see no issue with it. I think that's childish, like, kid stuff. Um, so, you know, maybe just, you know, he wasn't comfortable around people. Hey, man, if I'm not comfortable around somebody, I'm not going to, if I go in a sit, like, imagine this, right? I own a Rolex, right, a watch. And I just go in a random situation where, you know, half the people there I don't know. And I'm in a tight, because the studio is usually tight and confined. There's not really a lot of room. Studios aren't really huge, huge. Now, there are some studios that have a lot of space, good. But most of the time, studios are, like, confined. Uh, People are drunk, high, whatever the case may be. Easily a fight could break out. Somebody could kill me for my watch. It's that simple, man. People have ulterior motives. So, you know, Buck just probably didn't feel like, you know what, I don't know this guy. I've heard stories about this guy potentially. Um, you know, because he's calling on phone, choppers, whatever the case may be on that type of energy. So you know, maybe he heard some things. Maybe he's like, okay, this guy's a real gangster. So let me just feel him out, test him out, and see how the situation is. Um, regardless, you know, whether it happened or didn't happen, it doesn't change. It shouldn't change your perspective on Buck if he's real or not. Buck's proven day in and day out that he will stand uh, 10 toes down on whatever uh, incidents happen in front of him. So, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy thing. Let's get into the new music, though. New Music Friday, let's get into it. Uh, Kodak Black, Ease Your Mind Project, NBA Youngboy, Deep Down, The Kid Leroy, What Just Happened, Enelie Choppa, We See You, uh, 42 Doug, Go Again, Mariah the Scientist uh, album. I think she dropped hers, potentially. Uh, Rick Ross and Meek Mill, Shaq and Kobe remix with Shaq featured on it and Damian Lillard. That's pretty cool. I wish Kobe was alive because he could have been featured on there because Kobe rapped too, so pretty cool. Uh, check it out, New Music Friday. Uh, now we get into album sales. Let's see what we're looking at number-wise here. Because I'm sure Taylor Swift, I've been seeing a bunch of Taylor Swift stuff. Jesus, this woman's killing it. Blink-182, that's surprising. I haven't heard Blink-182 in a while. Didn't know they dropped the project. One more time, debuted at number one with 118,000 sold. Damn, Drake is like literally 1,000 copies below that. And number two with For All the Dogs at 117,000 sold. Uh, Bad Bunny's at number three, 
with, I don't know how to pronounce the album, at 92,000 sold. Uh, the Rolling Stones with the Kenny Diamonds debut at number four with 91,000 sold. Morgan Wallen, number five, One Thing at a Time with 69,000 sold. Taylor Swift Lover, number six with 54,000. Taylor Swift Midnight's at number seven with 53,000. Rod Wave Nostalgia, number eight with 52,000. Zach Bryan, self-titled album, uh, number nine with 51,000. Olivia Rodrigo Guts at number 10 with 44,000. SZA SOS at number 11 with 44,000. Travis Scott Utopia at number 13 with 38,000. Going down, a bunch of Taylor Swift. Tyler, the Creator's Wolf album went back on the charts. Probably a vinyl was released of it because that's a old release. But 27,000, damn near 28,000 sold. So, yeah, probably a vinyl. Yeah, it looks like physical yep, CD. So, vinyl is probably released of it and people purchased it. That's interesting. I always find it interesting that vinyls are selling nowadays. Like, people are craving for physical CDs again. Uh, Doja Cat Scarlet, number 24, 27,000. Bunch of Taylor Swift stuff. Jesus. Offset set it off at number 30 with 21,000. Metro Boomin Heroes of Villains at number 34 with 18,000. Low Uzivert Pink Tape. Number 36 with 17,000. Drake, 21 Savage, Her Loss, number 37 with 17,000. Drake, Certified Lover Boy, number 40 with 16,000. Scissor Control, number 44, 15,000. Eminem, Curtain Call, number 45 with 15,000. And Lil Baby, My Turn, number 49 with 15,000. Interesting. Yeah, these vinyls are getting these albums sold again. Um, but yeah, that's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. You already know, Spotify, Deezer, Podcast, YouTube, all that. Have an amazing night and day whenever you listen to this, and peace.